Well, good morning, everyone. You know, you hear all these people hunting and stuff like that. It sounds like it's hard work or something. You're wimpy, Jeff. Man, it's just just hike right on up those steep ridges and everything, right, Brian? It's just no problem. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! I'm tired just having you talk about it. You know, so. All right, we got several of announcements this morning. If you want to grab your bulletins and open them up, that would be fantastic. Um, evening assembly tonight, of course, is going to be at Tamar's place. Next Sunday evening, though, if you want to take a look at this little flyer that you got in your in your bulletins, there's going to be a Thanksgiving family dinner here starting at 5.30. And so uh, we're encouraging all those who are part of the family of uh, of God to come out and participate in that. And uh, I have a clipboard, a color-coded matching clipboard. I'm getting so professional looking. Anyway, so Kevin, I'm going to hand this off to you here. You can just pass that all the way around. And uh, if you can make it, that'd be great. Uh, RSVP is uh, just letting us know so that we can let the folks know who will be providing uh, all the different kinds of foods uh, my lovely bride is going to be doing a dessert, so I'm showing up for absolute certain. And then she's bringing a ham, and uh, that is not me. That's one that's going to be cooked that you can eat. But she's bringing me as well, so that, that should be good. All right. She wasn't, she wasn't going to bring some vegetables, but I could have said something about that as well, but we're not going to do that. So uh, a couple of other announcements. Um, coming up, the potluck, and then uh, Oregon Family Camp. Uh, we're really excited about that. We have several people asking. So if you'll put that on your calendars, uh, that would be fantastic. The 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th of February. It's going to be a great time this year once again at Sky Camp. And uh, we do have a birthday boy in the audience uh, and a birthday girl, right, Carly? Uh, I noticed you're right here. Uh, Max this morning informed me that He's got some new threads because his grandma took him out uh, birthday shopping already. So that's pretty cool. So Max, you are going to be nine years old. This is wonderful. And you know, I kind of vaguely remember being nine years old. Vaguely. Okay. I'll be careful. Today is actually his birthday. Okay, there you go. Let's give it up. Woohoo! Today, happy birthday. Great. We're going to sing to you. And Carly... It's great to have you here this morning. I'm so so excited because you came knowing that it was your birthday this week and you knew you were going to be serenaded. <laughs> you had to as yet? Is that what you said? <laughs> all right, we're going to sing happy birthday, all right? Here we go. Anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Anybody else? All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! All right. All right. Well, I have a, another clipboard up here, and this clipboard is, is helping out cleaning the building. Looks like some folks have already been signed up. And so I'm just going to, again, Kevin, you get to be the lead here. Send that around. That would be great. So, uh, any other announcements I need to make? I can't think of any. Yes. Oh, my lovely bride reminded me that I forgot 
just a moment ago. Uh, she has a, a square, and again, it's not me. She has a square <laughs> that if you want to purchase some of those items, or you purchased last week but you didn't have your card with you, she can take your money because she's got a little square to, you can scan it. If you want to give cash, that's good too. Uh, however you want to roll with that. We still have money coming in from the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar, which is kind of cool. So, uh, and my wife has another little thing. Okay. So that's huge. Yeah, so we, we, we made $4,000 for Mama Nina. Woohoo! So that's, that's one of the reasons uh, I want to get back to Belarus early 2024 is so that we can carry that money in instead of just send it. Because, you know, when you send it, you're not absolutely sure that all of it gets where it needs to get, and she needs every penny. So anyway, thank you all for helping out. Everybody's had a part, so it was, it was awesome. So thank you. All right. <clears throat> With that, let's go ahead and pray then. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our holy God in heaven, we are really deeply thankful that you were so willing to sacrifice your son. It's, it's unfathomable, that kind of love for mankind. That you created us, Father, in your image. That you created us to... Uh, be uh, your helpmate, as it says in the scriptures, the church is the bride of Christ. And the only way that you could accomplish that was for you to send your son to be sacrificed bearing our sins. Father, it's absolutely amazing when we think about the God of all creation being the one who would give himself, Father, for us. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to recognize that, that we might be fully convicted of our need for you and our calling to serve you in this life. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, if you turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew and chapter 16. Matthew 16. In the book of Matthew and chapter 16, Peter has a profound statement to be made and Jesus Jesus jumps on that statement and teaches us the foundation for our life beginning in verse 13 Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13 now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi he was asking his disciples who do people say that the son of man is and they said some say John the Baptist others Elijah but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because flesh and blood did not reveal this truth to you, but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, this bedrock truth, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overpower it. It's important for us to recognize that foundation is critical in any part or area of our lives. Uh, when I was a kid, I loved watching football. I mean, I mean, I was a football fanatic. Uh, some of you know a guy named Brett Favre. 
Have you heard of Brett Favre, Green Bay Packers? No, I didn't think so. Yes, yes you do. Yes. Okay. Uh, who's the Who's the, the John Elway? That was Denver Broncos. No. Ooh, sorry. Get offensive here. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Pretty boy. Pretty boy. Okay. Well, back then uh, uh, there were there were great football players, but the greatest coach up to that point in time, his name was Vince Lombardi. How many know the Super Bowl trophy? is the Lombardi Trophy. It's named after Vince Lombardi. And he was a, a Green Bay Packers coach. And Bart Starr was the the, um, the quarterback. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, Lombardi said this. There are three things that are essential to victory. All three are critical. The first one is fundamentals. The second one, like the first, is fundamentals. And the third is fundamentals. He says, you win football games with fundamentals. Now, is it similar in wrestling? You have to have core. They have to be completely dialed in. doesn't matter all the fancy moves. If you don't have the core, you're not going to be able to win, right? So victory is based on fundamentals. You know, in any kind of, of uh, institution, fundamentals. In marriage, fundamentals. Parenting, fundamentals. In business, fundamentals. You know, the problem is, is that people don't like to work on developing the fundamentals. It's hard work. It's hard work. I was told by my, my, uh, I know you're going to laugh when I say this, but I have a physical trainer. And uh, I know you don't, couldn't tell by my physique, but uh, I do have a physical trainer. In fact, I've been able to do things hunting this year that I have not been able to do in years past. Uh, the trainer actually went with me hiking up these crazy ridges, and he saw all the things I was doing wrong, and he goes, okay, I'm training the, changing the program for you. And you know what he said? Because you have some fundamental flaws in how you are walking, walking, believe it or not, and you got all these aches and pains because you're not walking correctly. He took videos. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely amazing what he has been able to do. And it's all about fundamentals. So this is the core, most vital fundamental in a Christian's life. His or her conviction that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You can learn all the do's and don'ts and you can play that part really well, but you will not have the relationship with God through his son, Jesus, without having that fundamental conviction that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. The longer I live, the more I study. I'm 41 years old in the Lord. The more I realize that if you don't have that conviction, you can do all other things, but they're not going to be blessed as God would want your life blessed. Remember we talked about Jesus being the Christ last week. And remember that there is a, a, an activity that happens before anybody's baptized, and that is commonly people are asked, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? And the answer, of course, is yes, but that's easy. But then when you ask them, what does it mean that Jesus is Christ? They don't know for the most part. 
And we shared last week that Jesus being our Christ means he is the one and only prophet with whom we would listen and obey. Now there's other religions that have their own prophets. But Jesus Christ is the prophet who speaks only truth, that which God the Father has spoken him, shows him how to live only that which he saw his father show him to do. The Bible clearly teaches, and Peter said it, that it's for us to listen and obey that prophet, Jesus Christ, in order for our lives to be richly blessed now and in the future eternity. The second thing that's very important about Jesus being the Christ is that he is our high priest. Did you know the Bible says that we are supposed to perfectly obey Jesus Christ? Have you ever tried to do that before? Perfectly obey Jesus Christ? How many of you have been victorious since you became a Christian in obeying Jesus Christ perfectly? Right answer. You all did well on that one. You didn't even need to raise your hands. It, it, it hasn't happened. But you know that we're called to live a holy and blameless life. The Bible says, be ye perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Be holy in all your conduct. And you should say, uh-oh. You know, the cool thing is, is that when you say Jesus is the Christ, he's your high priest. He died for every one of your sins before and after you became a Christian. He paid for them all. There's no way anyone's getting into heaven without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so that he is your high priest, having gone through all that you and I have gone through and successfully made it, he's given that life to you. He's given that victory to you. Present tense, as we've preached the last three or four Sundays. And then finally, he's the king of kings. He calls us to war, not fighting with guns and bombs. He calls us to fight with the great weapons of love, gentleness, kindness, patience, forbearance, graciousness, humility. All of those are powerful weapons by which we can help others become Christians. During the Bible clearly teaches that it's through God's kindness that we come to repentance. Through God's kindness, we come to repentance. God's kindness is expressed to who? By who? God's kindness is expressed by you and I, God's people, to those who need help, because that's what the word kindness means. Are you helpful? Are you sacrificing yourself, as the young preacher said during the Lord's Supper meditation? Are you sacrificing yourself? Are you taking up your cross daily to serve other people? That's what Jesus did for you every moment and every word. We should be the same in following in his footsteps. So when you confess Jesus as your Christ, you're saying, I will obey you perfectly, but if I don't, I know that I can come to you in humility, confessing my sin and asking for forgiveness, and you're faithful and will forgive me and cleanse me. So I can get right back into the war and fighting the good fight of faith loving people so that they might see the love of God in me and through me. But now, the confession is that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Now, what does it mean that Jesus is the Son of God? 
Well, I want to look at that today, and I'd have you turn in your, your little programs, your little lesson plans to the back of the lesson plan. And so three little points here. The first one is Jesus is the great I am. Turn with me back to the book of Exodus, if you would. The book of Exodus in chapter 3. Some of you are familiar with this, and it's a tremendously powerful passage. Uh, Moses is asked by God, or I should say told by God, you know, you're the man I've selected to go down and go nose to nose with Pharaoh and tell him, you better let my people go or I'm going to thump you. Well, kind of like that. And notice, Moses says, well, I'm going to go talk to your people and tell them that you, our God, has sent me to deliver you. And they're going to ask a question. Well, what's his name? What's God's name? We'll take a look. Pick it up here with me in verse 13, Exodus chapter 3. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial name to all generations. What's that name? I am. So when Moses goes down, he says the God of our fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the great I am, the eternally existing one, has sent me that you might be delivered. Now you're saying, okay, well that's nice. I'm glad I read that now. I know God's name. I am. But now we need to go to the book of John in chapter 8. Turn with me there, if you would. The Gospel of John in, in chapter 8. Listen to what Jesus says when he's being challenged, being asked by the leadership, who are you? Uh, they, they weren't so nice as uh, Peter was. And so in the Gospel of John, and we're going to be uh, starting in verse 48, the Jews answered and said to him, do we say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? And Jesus answered, I do, not have a, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I'll be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said, you are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, before Abraham was born, I am. The Jews immediately freaked out and picked up stones to kill him. Jesus made a statement, and the statement was powerful, and that is, I am God eternal. In the flesh. And of course they picked up stones because they believed he was what? Blasphemy. Jesus did that intentionally. Before Abraham was born, I am. The I am back in the Hebrew means eternally existing one. Jesus is proclaiming himself to be the eternally existing one. Turn with me very, very quickly, and this is a free verse here, a freebie, Colossians in chapter 1. Notice what it says about Jesus Christ in Colossians in chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. Paul says, he, in the context Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, literally the resurrected of all humans. He was the first one. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. God, in the beginning, created the universe. Jesus is the creator, therefore Jesus is the great I am. God in the flesh, as it were. You could look back at the book of Ezekiel in both seven, chapter 7 and chapter 9. You'll see Jesus is the great I am. Now, what does that mean for you and I? We must see Jesus not as a sugar daddy. We must not see Jesus as our buddy. I've heard so many preachers say, Jesus is our buddy. You can go to him whenever you got a need and he's going to provide for you. Jesus is not our sugar daddy. Jesus is God Almighty and we owe everything to him. He owns us by right of creation. He owns us by right of redemption. God himself came down and gave himself to die on a cross bearing your sins and my sins. We owe him everything. We need to recognize that. The God of all creation came to earth and died for you and me. You know what really is amazing? On the Last Supper, you remember the Last Supper? After they had gotten the supper all done, remember what Jesus did? He took off his cloak and wrapped himself and he knelt down and he washed the disciples' feet. And he said, I, you don't know what I'm doing for you right now. But later on he says, you'll do the same thing for others. The God who created those dirty feet is the one who knelt down and washed those dirty feet to give an example. Because he was soon to wash their souls by his own blood. So that you and I might sacrifice ourselves in love to help other people come to a saving knowledge of who God is. 
We therefore then need to be loving and gentle and patient and kind, just like he was, so that people will see Christ in us, the sons and daughters of God in us, because that's who we are. Well, take a look in uh, the Gospel of John and chapter 10, beginning there in verse 22. Gospel of John, chapter 10 and verse 22. He reaffirms his being God in the flesh. At that time, the, the let's see if I got the right verse there. Yep, verse 22. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, how long will you keep us uh, in uh, suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they testify of me. But you do not believe because you're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. I and the Father are one. Uh, kind of sounds like he's making himself equal with God, huh? Well, let's read on. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself out to be God. They got it. They got it, but they thought it was untrue. Reading on, Jesus answered them, has it not been written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works, so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am the Father. Therefore they were seeking again to seize him, and he eluded them. He went away again beyond the Jordan in the place where they were baptizing uh, and he was staying there many days, and many came to him and were saying, while John performed no signs, yet everything John said about this man was true. Many believed in him there. Believed in what? That he's the son of God. God in the flesh. God in the flesh. You know why it's important to confess Jesus? as not only the Christ, but the Son of God, because Jesus was a human being. He was God in the flesh. Did Jesus get hungry? Did Jesus get sleepy? Did he get thirsty? Does the Bible say he had to grow in wisdom and knowledge and stature? Did Jesus bleed red? We know he did when he was praying in the garden, and we know that he bled Red on the cross. He died. None of those things God does. And yet Jesus being human, but also God. If you go back and you take a look at Isaiah. In fact, let's do that really quickly as we close this morning. 
in the book of Isaiah in chapter uh, 7 to confirm that we are talking about Jesus here in Isaiah in chapter 7. Uh, Isaiah the Messianic prophet spoke prophecies about the Messiah. And in chapter 7, if you'll take a look there in verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means God with us. God came into the world to manifest himself so that we would know how much he loved us. Did you know people know how much you love them by how much you're willing to sacrifice for them? With no strings attached. There's a young man I'm going to go visit after assembly today. He's really a, a sweet young man. His name is Stephen Parmenter. I had the privilege of immersing him into Christ. And every Thursday, most every Thursday, I drive up to Salem because he's got a job up there. He used to work down here, but he's got a job up there. And uh, we have Bible study together. He wants to be a preacher. And so I love driving up there. The drive back home is not so enjoyable. <laughs> but driving up there, I meet with the McKinney's and then I drive over to Salem to spend time with Stephen. And, and Stephen has said, I so appreciate that you're willing to take the time and make the drive to come up here just for me. He wants to be a preacher. That's awesome. I want him to be a preacher. I want him to be a preacher that sacrifices himself for other people who want to become a Christian and serve the Lord. And what better way can you teach someone how to do that than to showing them? See, that's what Jesus did. He came out of his ivory palace and he came to earth and put on flesh and blood like you and I and he suffered so that you and I could become a Christian. He showed us the love of God. No, people don't care what you have to say about your Christianity. They want to see if it's real. And the only way that they're going to see it's real is by your willingness to confess Jesus as the Christ and the Son of God because you are a son or a daughter of God filled with the same exact spirit that was filled the body of Jesus when he walked this world. Called to the same holiness and he walked by faith and that's why we need to grow our faith. Brethren, it's important to confess Jesus as your Christ as the Son of God. But you know what's more important than that? It's more important that you believe that. Have full conviction, as we talked about last week, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Because if that's not your conviction, then you're not going to lay your life down for others. You won't. Because who's going to be the God of your life? Little G. Now Jesus isn't your God your Christ, your Lord, then who's going to be your God? Self. Self. The devil is no God at all. 
He's a fallen angel. But you, by choice, have the power to make yourself more important than God. That's why we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Just like he denied himself and took up his cross, the Father called him to, and died for you. Brethren, how important it is. You want a victorious faith that will not be easily crushed in persecution? That you're going to continue to make the sacrifice like the Apostle Paul? And even if it does come to martyrdom, you're going to joyfully say that I have fought the good fight, I've run the race, and now there's laid up for me in heaven a crown of glory. And not only for me, but for all those who live faithfully in service to Jesus Christ. Brethren, that's our call. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that through faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that conviction will drive right through to glory. And we're going to be a blessing to all those around us as we get to heaven. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, I am so thankful for the rich blessing that you've granted to us in seeing your love manifested in your son, sending him into the world. It says that he, he uh, laid aside all of his privileges. He counted them uh, as nothing so that he could take on the robe of flesh and live faithfully for you that he might be the sacrifice for our lives. Help us now, Father, because you have given us of your Holy Spirit let us walk by faith with full conviction just like Jesus so that people might see your love and experience it through our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, let's all stand and get excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, let's go get it done.